What's happening, world? I'm your host, the Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak. And this week, me and Kara will be talking about the movie Student Bodies from 1981. Uh, fun fact is, in 1980, there were 26 horror films made in None of them lost money. Which is a really cool fact if you think about how hard it was to make a movie in the 80s and how all you had was cinema and to have all this movie, to have all these movies not lose money from their studio houses is crazy. So I think for this movie to make fun of that right in its opening act is kind of setting the tone for how it's going to make fun of the rest of the horror genre, which I think is really interesting. Um, interesting and one thing I felt while I was watching this film was this movie really walked so like movies like scary movie like that franchise so that movie that could be so successful today I think in different certain ways and we can get into that when we talk about the different like tropes and ideas that these films really compare and contrast from their predecessors that are the horror movies so I know that you have a longer history with this film than I do I've only seen it last night so why don't you get into that yeah, so uh, I was actually alive in 1980 to watch this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's kind of funny when I, I think about it because I'm like, oh, wow. And they're like, oh, this old movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when it came out. But uh, it, it it was a good thing for me because, like, at the time, there was just nothing but, like, scary movies. Like, you know, there was Halloween and Friday the 13th. And there was nothing really, like, a spoof on it. And then this came out, and it was just really funny. Like, the the breather, the guy that is the, the killer, and, you know, and the kid with the gum. Like, he's walking up the stairs, and he keeps on stepping on gum. And he's like, you know, I'm going to kill the kid with the gum. So it was funny. And he didn't he doesn't kill with any kind of conventional weapon. I agree. And I think that's one of the funniest parts. We see it in the opening kill scene um, when he has all these weapons laid out on the table and then he picks the paper clips. I think that is I thought that was hysterical. And to me, like I said, I don't have a long history with this film. So it brought me to the first scary movie when we have uh, Pamela Anderson picking all these weapons and she picks a banana. I was like, oh, my God, like parallels. I loved it. It was so funny. Yeah. And like in, in Scream, when the very first thing is where the person answers the phone um drew barrymore and the killer is talking to her and basically in the beginning of uh student bodies that's the same exact thing the girl's waiting at home to watch waiting for her boyfriend and she's watching the thing and the phone rings and then there's like drool coming out the phone and you know he's heavy breathing and he calls her back and he's like i said you know <sighs> and it's just, it's just so stupid it's funny and what else is so funny is when the parents come home that she's babysitting for, they're kind of commentating what we're thinking. And when the mom is just freaking out over how like the dishes aren't done and she's like, I'm paying her 75 cents an hour. Like, I mean, there were, I think the one-off lines like that were funnier than the overall gags that they were making at the tropes. But so that's where I thought the movie really shined. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And then when she goes to the funeral and she's like, yeah, here's the 65 cents I was going to pay her. And I'm like, what? wait, what? You, you're robbing a dead person i'm like come on now that's just wrong yeah it was it was hysterical and to the point of that funeral scene i thought it was kind of crazy because the whole idea of the movie is that any person who has sex is gonna die like even if you think about it so we are at a funeral for these, these kids friends and then the two of them are just like let's go off and do it 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 was so funny to me and another 
part that was a good gag, I thought, was that every time a man wanted to coerce a woman into having sex, he was like, this, whatever situation they're in, they're like, this makes me hot. Like, graveyards make him hot. Horsehead bookends make him hot. Like, it was like, the flow makes him hot. I was like, okay, these boys are just, like, horny. Like, we, they need to get, maybe they should be killed. Yeah, it was really, like, really stupid. I mean, you just gotta laugh at it, though, because, like, during the whole movie, the whole, the whole thing is, like, these people are having sex, but then this killer comes up with, like, all these messed up ways to kill them like the eggplant i'm like what the horse head bookend i'm like i'm like you know and he like goes past all these like really things that like in another horror movie would be like totally something the, the killer would use you know like an, an axe or a machete and he's like no I'm, I'm just gonna use this eggplant and it was and it was so silly because i think this movie what it was trying to do was kind of piggyback off the success of like airplane where it was making fun of comedies but this was the first one making fun of horror movies and i think for the time it did what it needed to do but i don't think it has the staying power of something no like i said it's just like one of those silly movies that like no one even remembers but i remembered it and i thought you'd enjoy it and uh some of the characters in it were actually pretty funny like malvert the um the, the groundskeeper and um, you know he's actually called the stick and he's been in a lot of movies because of how flexible he was and I, I thought he was like you know and everybody thought he was the killer you know and then you have the principal and you have his aide and which that factors in later and then you have um, the shopkeeper who makes nothing but horse heads bookends <laughs> um, and then we also have uh, Dr. Sigmund the, because for a high school they have a psychoanalyst yeah. on call that to me was like love this budget um, but yeah I thought it was really cool and I thought um, to break up the the movie when they when the narrator kind of broke up and was like okay who do we think the killer is this is everybody and then we see the um gym the shop teacher um watching these kids have sex and then he also gets killed i was like you got this coming to you oh and now he's not a suspect anymore <laughs> yeah yeah this stuff is really funny like especially the narrators because uh in the middle of the movie they break in and like the the, the guy says uh, i'm swearing in this movie because this is the only way we're going to get an r rating and that was the real truth that he really did break in to give it an r rating by swearing yeah there's uh for a an r-rated movie in the 80s there's a one f farm and no titties so it's kind of crazy to be a horror movie because if you look if you contrast halloween you were seeing sex and you were seeing titties and then you were seeing that graphic violence so i think it's kind of funny because it kind of goes with the whole purity message that this movie felt like it was pushing yeah and it falls into the whole randy uh don't do this during a movie you know this is how you're gonna die and like everything randy says in, in scream falls into play with this movie like you know don't have sex you know don't walk off you know don't don't do certain things or else you're going to die. And in this movie, that kind of falls into that play. Absolutely. And I think and I think it's so funny that this movie fully focused on the don't have sex. I mean, to the point where Toby, our final girl, she's wearing a pin that says no throughout the whole thing. She's like in the in the girls locker room with her friends and she has like a pin that's like no on her bra. It's like come, like it's 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 so insane. Yeah, and like the the part with the, the the breather, like he's in the shower with them, and he's like, you know, I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to do, and like he, he ends up passing out, like and like waking up, going, oh, okay, I'm supposed to kill people. Yeah, and I thought that kind of showed, especially later when we see the one of the first killer reveals is that it's the principal, and we kind of see him with this like insane mommy issues. We see him, I mean, being very perverse in the girls' locker room, and I think it's just really, I think it was very shoehorned in to make him seem like the obvious killer, and then we have the reveal that his aide, who's also his mom, is the secondary killer, which, back to Scream, two killers. Yeah, I thought that was 
was that's one of the reasons I wanted you to watch that because we were talking about how you know Wes Craven had the thing with two killers, and then I remembered this movie, and I was like, wait a minute, I remember another movie where they had two killers, and it was like a you know that was a no no back then because there was only one killer, unless of course you're Friday the Thirteenth, and you had the mother who died, and then Jason came, but you know this was actually two killers: the mother who killed the boys with trash bags, really strange, and then you know the son who was killing them with like objects that were just not going to kill people. Exactly, and he always had. They always wore those crazy green gloves, which comes back at the end. So I thought that if this movie had focused its points of view, it would have made a bigger impact because we we kind of talked about this before we started recording. When we look at the ending, we have this reveal, this great reveal of the two killers, which could have been very impactful. And then the movie kind of crumbles in on itself when she wakes up and it's a fever dream because sexual repression causes swine flu. I mean, I just really got to muscle that one down. Yeah, that was really silly. I was like, I was like, oh my God, what the hell? And like everybody that in the movie, like the characters weren't the characters when the reveal came out like it was more like like Malvert who was the um, janitor he was actually like a professor and like really astute and then like the the principal was the janitor and like it, it got all kind of flipped around although Toby was still her boyfriend no Toby was the main girl but her boyfriend was still her boyfriend I forget his name is like Arthur Arthur she said it weird though but then okay so then it still goes back to the idea that sex is bad so even once she gets out of this horrible dream of sexual repression and they're like maybe you just gotta have sex so you stop giving yourself swine flu that she has so that she goes to her boyfriend and she's like I love you I'm ready and then he pulls out those green gloves and he's like well I have no respect for you now that you want to have sex for me with me so I'm just gonna kill you I mean I think that is crazy and we can talk about the duality of that later if you'd like but yeah it was kind of crazy and then you know he, he ends up killing her and I'm like what the hell just happened you know because you all through the movie you thought that the ending that they had was was it you know that there was the principal and the mother but then she she has this like you know uh wizard of oz wake up and then every, everybody just like in the wizard of oz switch places and like they're all these different people and i'm like and then the boyfriend ends up killing her i'm like oh well that kind of didn't work out for you did it but then through her death he she ends up killing him by strangling him just like in the ending of carrie so i felt like the ending was very layered and it, it kind of crumbled in on itself because we talked about how it had such a strong ending with the two killers such a good reveal could have been really impactful and then they they lost it i yeah they definitely dropped the ball and you know the good thing about that movie like they were all they were talking about a lot of other movies that were like like you wouldn't reference like they were talking about sybil when she's having you know they think that she's the killer and they're like you know you're having Sybil issues and then like they had like the, the school was doing the Grease uh, uh, musical and there was like different parts of different movies that were thrown in there they talked about the Godfather and you know besides you know horror movies they were throwing in other movies like in reference absolutely and I thought it was kind of interesting to see when Toby goes to prom she's kind of in an outfit that would resemble Sandy at the end of her transformation of Grease which I think has a lot of parallels if you look at the ideas of female innocence and purity um, because we have Sandy who's so sweet and so innocent and then she turns to bad Sandy at the end of Greece because now she's embracing who she is and who she is with Danny and I think to have Toby kind of mimic that in her costuming was really powerful I mean obviously she dies in the end so it's not as powerful but um yeah the the, the characterization was pretty cool I like that too when they flipped her around and like everybody she was not noticeable and then when she did that she became noticeable kind of like Sandy and Greece you know and in the, in the movie everybody's like you know she's nobody she's nobody and then she puts on that outfit and all of a sudden everybody's like ooh look at her you know and it was it was kind of good for her character like you know to build her up and um 
Then they had one weird thing in the movie that I didn't kind of like understand at first, but then I did, is in all the 80 horror movies, they always throw in one black character. There's always like one black character in the movies. And then in this movie, they bust a guy from Africa and into the movie for no apparent reason just to have a black person in the movie. There's actually two because they also have the girl and then they have the actually there's multiple black characters in this movie because you have the two cup the couple that dies in the flow you have the character busting from um africa you have the blind man who helps the other disabled man so i thought that it had to your point i thought that it was actually the reverse of that because they were including so many people of color to try to kind of like diversify it which i thought was extra interesting seeing how this movie was set um in the 80s and in houston texas which is predominantly very like white, like, I don't know, just, but I thought it was interesting. I thought um, they could have done more with those characters to expand them instead of having them be side characters because sans the two that got killed in the flow, everyone else was kind of just, they had one-off bits throughout the film. Yeah, like the kid that came from Africa, like basically he's just there and then like they just kill him off. And I'm like, why why'd you even bring this guy in? I mean, you bring him in, you make this big joke that he came on a bus, drove across the ocean in a bus to get to the school and he just got there and then he's at the game and then you kill him. Yeah, and so it didn't, his character didn't make sense to me. And I mean, you kind of have this very awful scene between him and um, Horse End Bookends yeah. and where he's like, take that tambourine off your head. Like, what are you wearing? Kind of humiliating him in this classroom, which felt very of the time. So watching it back kind of felt like a punch in the gut because you're like, ooh, this is this is not right. Yeah, that's like that character made no sense to me. I was kind of like, well, why do you even have this person in here? If it's just like to like berate this guy, put him down and then kill him. I mean, and then they, they kill the, the killer doesn't kill him, by the way. It, the, the teacher kills him by having him get into a paper uh, plastic bag to show how these people die. Exactly. So it's kind of just like an unnecessary violence, I felt like, while watching the film. So I didn't like that. But I did like, I like, like I said, I like the two characters, even though they got killed in the flow. And I like the one character who was very stereotypically a man from the 70s, like that kind of like cool cat sort of character. But I like that he was hand in hand with the other disabled man. And I thought that they were kind of like the two blind mice sort of just helping each other through at, for some kind of different comic comic relief. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of, um, what is it, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder in Hear No Evil, Speak No Evil. And then, you know, those characters, how they interplay with each other. And, you know, one's trying to get over on the other one, even though they're crippled, like when they fight over the parking space. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how'd the blind guy even get there? But that was pretty funny. And then um, what else was I going to say? There was uh, an interesting fun fact that you found out about one of the characters. And Oh, yeah. So one of the characters, and I should have written her name down and I didn't, but one of the characters is actually a senator in Texas now. So I think it's kind of funny that this movie has never been popped up on on her little uh, campaign trail. You know, to be like uh, the competition be like, excuse me, but do you remember this? <laughs> it's like, remember when you got killed by, for having sex in this 80s horse poop? But I think it's also really interesting that this movie comes from Texas. It has a lot of ties to Texas and it's... Its biggest issue is purity because I feel like with Texas, it's very right wing. It's very conservative. So I felt like this felt very appropriate. Yeah, it's it's definitely a funny thing. And, uh, you know, being older, like uh, later on in life, like like now I found out like one of the emojis or something is, is an eggplant. And it means sex. And it's kind of ironic that back then they probably didn't even know something like this was going to happen. They used an eggplant 
to kill someone during sex. Exactly. And eggplant doesn't mean sex. It kind of means big dick. But <laughs> also that leads to sex, I guess. So. I would no. <laughs> I'm going to take everybody's word on that. Uh, no, it's funny. It's funny. Um, but yes, to ki- to be killed with an eggplant, I thought was hysterical, and I think that's such a good way to like tie it back. No, I like the uh, the the horsehead bookends because she pulls it out in class, and there's like blood stains all over it, and the guy's like, "Oh, you stained your own bookend." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, his character to me, that one scene where he's introducing that the highest form of art is a horsehead bookend. I I'm not gonna lie, I watched this movie late last night, and it floored me. I thought it was so funny i was like this is high art (laughs) and it kind of was funny to me because i had just watched this movie recently freaky have you seen it with vince vaughn hilarious when he switches and they actually have a whole scene where they kill a shop teacher as well so i thought that was really funny that you know no matter how new you think something is it's always it's always recycled it's always a recycled idea yeah, like uh, this character, he sees Toby and he goes in and like represses his sexual frustrations by making a horsehead bookend. And doesn't that kind of happen in the in the Vince Vaughn one with the, the killer? So in the Vince Vaughn one, it's a little different because um, the shop teacher just is so hateful towards the main girl. He's just a dick to her. He kind of bullies her. So I think instead of having like sexual repression, he has more like repressed anger i would say and so i mean we even see it when she tries to kill him and then he just starts beating the shit out of her back and i mean it's a pretty brutal fight but obviously she splits him in half so she is victorious at the end yeah he he didn't see that coming (laughs) but uh uh back to the, the 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 sorry back to the um student bodies um the whole thing with the the toby characters like changing what the metamorphosis she goes through and then you find out like it really isn't a metamorphosis she's like in that dream state and then when she comes out of it she kind of goes into a, another metamorphosis where she's like all right well let's have sex exactly because i think she's like well if if not having sex is giving me swine flu i might as well have sex it can't be that bad and then what happens to her she dies so the overall arcing message is if you have sex you're gonna die <laughs> yeah so everybody listening remember don't have sex <laughs> and eggplants are big <laughs> i am more of a zucchini kind of guy <laughs> maybe uh you know a dill pickle we'll talk about <laughs> my, my my wife might agree with one or two of those <laughs> But yeah, it's so funny. And I think what's interesting when we talk about Scream last week and we look at Toby as a final girl and we look at her versus Sydney and we can look at just one idea of metamorphosis and sexual repression. We see Sydney have sex and through sex she's empowered and then she ends up killing Billy and Stu. And in this one, we see Toby so repressed that she's get, getting herself sick. And then when she finally comes to terms with it, she's ready. She ends up getting killed. So I think it's interesting that in this film, women are constantly punished, where whereas it's opposite in other horror films because the final girl survives. So you kind of have that hope that there is a chance for the female to come out of this unscathed. Yeah, and um, no, it's funny, like in movies with like the, the slasher films, like it's always like the girl dies first, then the boy. And like it followed suit with this movie. Like the girls were killed. Like the guy would leave to go get something. Like, you know, they forgot condoms. And one guy goes to the store and comes back with like 50 things of, of sexual toys, you know. And then, you know, it's followed that suit with like the girl died first, then the guy. But like being put into a trash bag and 
dying because of that was kind of stupid. <laughs> I was like, what? You can't just pull yourself out of a trash bag? Yeah. And I think it was also interesting, too, to have, because when we get the reveal that there's two killers, it makes sense. There's two millions of killing. We see a, a higher violence with the male killings, with the paper clips and the horse head bookends and the eggplants. And then we see this more passive way of killing with the female killer that who turns out to be the mom, where she is just kind of suffocating them in these trash bags. So I think it goes back to the ideas that women are more careful and passive in their ways of murder, whereas men are just brash and violent. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> I see it. I mean, let's face it, like, uh, men are dicks. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's what we do. I mean, most, like, serial killers are men. I mean, if you look at it, except for that one girl from Florida that's, you know, famous. I forget her name. I'm sorry. She's famous. She's a killer. But I know most of the guy killers. Well, I would say um, one of my favorite killers um, is Alina Warhose. I, I think I'm pronouncing her name wrong. I'm sorry. True crime friend. Is she from Florida? Where she uh, killed all the men who were sexually abusing um, prostitutes. Because she was. And she stood up for women. And I think, honestly, everyone she killed deserved it. Because if you rape someone, you deserve to die. I don't know. Yeah, what was that... Uh... The, the, the one guy, though, was like a preacher, and he was just like really trying to give her a ride, but well, at least they say he was. <laughs> you, know, you never know. They say he was, but if you look at criminal history, like preachers, pastors, youth ministers, they get a bad rap for being sexual predators as well and frequent frequenting places unbeknownst that they wouldn't because they're men of the cloth. So they can say that he was just giving her a ride. No one knows for sure. She knows because she, I feel like too, not to get off topic here. I feel like too, if you're, if you start on this road of killing people, you get a sense to read people and then you have that gut feeling if someone's a bad person, you know? Yeah. I And, and in one of the parts of the movie, she's in the bathroom hiding. And then like, I, I think it was her. And then like the guy has like his suit around backwards, like, like pretending he's a priest in the mirror and like it's kind of freaky it's like very freaky and i think it it, it falls into it being that texas movie so you get i got a lot of like bible belt christianity texas right wing from this film i don't know if you did maybe maybe it's because i'm watching it with newer eyes and you saw it at a different time yeah these old eyes probably didn't see that <laughs> Thanks a lot, by the way. <laughs> if anybody needs someone to have geriatric conversations, I'm the guy you want to talk to, okay? We've established that I'm the guy that's going to die first in this in this podcast. No, it's just, but you, you know what I'm saying? It, it just felt very much like that. And I think because it kept going back to that in, in other horse booths, they play on all the tropes, whereas this one really focused on the one, which was don't have sex or you'll die. <laughs> Yes, and that you know, and, and all in all, it wasn't a bad movie, but they the, the ending was definitely bad. I mean, they could have done so much better with that, and it was just so so wrong how they ended it. Exactly, because they could have ended it at the first reveal of two killers. Very cool. Oh, now it's Wizard of Oz. Oh, now it's Carrie. It just felt felt very muddled. But I think that they did a they did a good job. Like they did a good job making it what it was. Like it was very fine. Like they had the kill counts on the screen, and like if someone left a door unlocked, they pointed it out. So they did those kind of like more in your face sort of attributes that made the film more like a spoof. Yeah, I agree. And like like the whole thing back with Scream and Randy when he talks about kill counts, you know, and they did that in this movie. They were like, you know, seven, you know, eight. You know, they kept on counting and showing you the number of people that died. You know, and and that was kind of cool. 
I mean, right in the beginning, the kill counts two, and then Toby's like, I could never kill a herd of fly, and then she kills a fly, so the count goes to two and a half. I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty funny because it shows that maybe she's not as innocent as she thinks she is. Yeah, then she ends up killing her killer at the end, you know, being dead and doing the whole carry thing. So that was pretty cool. I mean, but like, like I said, I just wanted her to see it because. You know, we were talking about Scream, we watched Scream, and I just remembered that there was two killers in this movie, and it was, like, one of the first spoof killer movies before, like, you know, they came out with, um, what's that, Scary Movie, and uh, so this was, like, one of the first ones besides Saturday the 14th, which, by the way, if you get a chance, don't watch it, Daryl. I have not seen that one. I, I almost started watching that one, you're like, wait, it's student body. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I think that this movie had to happen so that movies like Scary Movie could happen. And then from Scary Movie, we get different types of elevated horror. We were talking about Shaun of the Dead, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, these kind of films that have so much love for the for, for the um, genre that they really make it their own while paying such care and homage. Yeah, I agree. And we're going to get into uh, Shaun of the Dead and other movies too, because uh, this is Kira's expertise, by the way. And we have a bunch of other stuff coming up too for what's happening. We have some stories. We have some lore. We have, uh, it's going to be from some fun times coming up. And uh, I would like to thank all our new listeners in Pakistan, in Canada, in the Philippines, and every place else that's been listening lately. So thank you very much for coming on to us. Yeah, shout out to you guys. We couldn't do it without you. And we really hope that you like what we're putting out. Always give us feedback if there's a movie that you want us to talk about there's a story you want to hear let us know you know we do it for you and we just have a ball doing it so yeah lots of fun Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we sign off uh no i would say if you watch this movie make it a drinking game because it could be very fun um and then maybe it would seem a lot less um yeah stupid (laughs) is a good word for it stupid is a really good word for it just to let you know silent ben is here (laughs) he is here in the building and he he will not be silent much longer we're gonna get we're drawing him out guys we're drawing him out he'll be non-silent ben soon (laughs) exactly um i think uh next week we might hear the first of silent ben maybe we'll have to change his name to minorly talking ben (laughs) an epiphany But yeah, he'll be here soon. So I'd like to thank you all for listening and uh, tune in next time to What's Happening. <laughs>